Welcome to Conversations About Care, a podcast for pediatric clinical providers. Hi, everybody. This is Sandy Hassink, and today I'm talking to my colleague, Dr. Tamara Hannon, about the new nutrition label. I hope you find our talk interesting, and I hope it gives you another tool to help patients and families understand how to eat more healthily. Dr. Hannon gets into some fine detail about the nutrition label, but all in all, hopefully we'll all come away with a better understanding of how this can help our kids and their families. Today, I'm very happy to welcome Dr. Tammy Hannon to be with us to walk us through and explain this new label and how we can use it in clinical practice. Dr. Hannon is a professor of pediatrics and pediatric endocrinology at the Indiana School of Medicine Riley Children's Hospital, and she focuses her clinical work on children with obesity. So welcome, Dr. Hannon. Thank you. So, Dr. Hannon, I, I'm always so interested in how we, we get to the places we are as pediatricians, and I wonder if you could share with our audience a little bit of how you got to your current work and how you got interested and involved with actually the nutrition label. Yeah, well, first, thank you so much for having me. I have had a longstanding interest in nutrition. Um, My undergraduate degree from Purdue University was in nutrition science, and I decided to go to medical school straight away after graduating from from Purdue um, and have always had an interest in how food and how nutrition affects our health. As a pediatric endocrinologist, I take care of patients who are struggling with their weight or they already have complications related to their weight or they um, have diabetes. And all of these conditions are are very much affected by how we eat. Um, And so I actually got involved with the education of pediatricians on the the, um, nutrition facts label as a member of the American Academy of Pediatrics Committee on Nutrition. I serve as one of the members of this committee and am the pediatric endocrinologist on the committee with a particular interest in nutrition and, and obesity in childhood. And um, so I worked together with the FDA on ways to better educate pediatricians to um, explain the nutrition facts label to their to their patients and families. So, Dr. Hennig, can you tell us a little bit about how this new label came about um, and maybe a word or two about what it was like to be on a committee trying to work through a new label. Don't divulge any state secrets, but if you could just give us a little insight into what that was like. Yeah, sure. So I actually didn't serve on the committee um, to design the new label, um, but became involved after it was already designed and how this would be promoted um, to, to pediatricians. Um, but do I can say that um, the nutrition label came to be only really in um, the 1990s. So it was it was um, 
brought forth as a mandate in 1990, and then in 1994 became um, available for use in the public and required. Um, so this in in this change that happened in 2016 with the rules that it had to be in practice by last year or this year, depending on the size of your company, um, was just in 2016 that this happened. So the food, um, the, the nutrition facts label had not been changed from 1990 until, you know, almost 20 years later. Um, and it is regulated by the US FDA and it is meant to inform consumers about how they can choose why, wisely um, to increase the nutrients that we need to get more of and decrease the nutrients that we need to get less of. So um, before I ask you to, to sort of help us walk us through the nutrition label, I'm guessing that um, there was, uh, this label aims to reflect um, the current evidence on what, uh, what we know about nutrition and as well as the current need for improving um, uh, healthy nutrition. Is that it? Yeah. That's right. Um, so some key changes to the label, including making um, calories and serving size more prominent, because we know from research that consumers spend very little time looking at the nutrition label and their eyes focus at the top and in the center. And so the rest of the stuff kind of falls away. So it was really meant to make calories and serving size very prominent on the label. Um, and there was research that went into that, actually very interesting research where um, you will show a, a research volunteer something on a computer screen and actually they can track your eye movements to see how long you focus on a particular part of the nutrition label. And all of the research shows that, you know, sort of making things bolder, putting it in the middle, making it um, a symbol rather than a lot of words is helpful at focusing um, consumer attention in that way. So there's research going into that, of course. And then um, there was an evidence base that decided, that helped to decide what facts should be included, because you just can't, simply cannot include everything on a label. So they actually removed some of the things that there was good evidence that we're already getting enough of in our diet and replace them with things where there was also good evidence that we're not meeting the requirements for those things. Um, so those are the kind of research or, or um, information-based facts that were utilized going into making the changes. So with that said, Dr. Hennan, could you just walk us as pediatricians, just take a little walk uh, of the nutrition label for ourselves? so that we better understand it um, before we try explaining this to our patients. Yeah, absolutely. So you will see a box um, that says nutrition facts at the top. And the first thing that you'll see is servings per container. 
and then serving size. So most packaged foods contain more than one serving per package. So they, but it's regulated that, the, that companies have to list how many servings are included in that package. Now, you will also notice that some packages will include a column for servings per container and serving size. And then they will include a column that has the information listed for the whole container. And this would be important for things that people generally eat the whole thing of, like a bag of something or um, a bottle of something that they would drink. But most of the, of the facts will have the servings per container and the serving size. And importantly, um, the changes to the label have um, included changing the serving size to actually reflect what is considered an, an average portion for people to eat. So it used to be that the serving size could be very small, like a half a cup or a third of a cup, and people just, that, that wasn't what people usually did. So in the new uh, labels contain the serving size as generally reflective of what you would eat. And so you have to kind of divide um, the servings per container, or you have to divide kind of what's in the whole container by the number of servings in that package to get the right amount for that, that nutrition that's listed. So for instance, if the serving size says it's two thirds of, of a cup, and there's eight servings of per container, you know, you could divide that container into two thirds cup serving sizes eight times. And the nutrition mm -hmm. facts that are included there, so the calories are listed next. And the calories will always be the calories in the serving size, unless it specifically says that these are the calories for the entire container. Okay, so if you eat more than one serving or you eat the entire container, you have to multiply the calories by the number of servings that you ate. So those are the two things that consumers use the most on nutrition facts labels, um, the serving size and the calories. From there, you will see the percent daily values of different nutrients that we have in our diets, okay? So the nutrients that are listed there are either nutrients where we would be healthier if we ate less of them, or we're not generally getting enough of them and we need to eat more of those things, okay? And the percent daily value is just reflects the amount of that particular food contributes to what is expected to get over the general course of the day. So for instance, if, it, if the percent daily value for a particular nutrient says 10%, that means if you eat a serving of that food, you're gonna get 10% of what you should get of that particular nutrient for the whole day is what that means. So the first thing that you're gonna see when you look at the nutrients uh, is total fat. 
And the only part of total fat that will be shown is saturated fat and trans fat, which is a, a form of saturated fat. There are other forms of fat that are considered more healthy than saturated fat. Polyunsaturated fat and monounsaturated fats are considered more healthy. They're not shown on the label any longer. It's only saturated fat, and that's to be less confusing and to just show that, you know, this is the kind of fat that eating less of would be better for us. So if you look, saturated fat will give the grams, and it will also give the percent daily, daily value for that nutrient. And in general, when you look at percent daily values, 5% or less is considered low, and 20% or higher is considered high. So for nutrients that we want people to get less of, we're going to be teaching them to look at the label and see if that's 5% or less or close to, closer to 5% than 20% to be considered um, a healthier choice. Cholesterol is listed next. Sodium is after cholesterol and then total carbohydrate, which has the added sugars, okay? In, and then there's also protein. So the top part of the, um, the nutrients that are listed are what's called our macronutrients, okay? So fat, carbohydrate, protein are our macronutrients. Those are the things that when we eat the food, it digests in our system and it gets absorbed into our bloodstream as those three things, fat, carbohydrate, and protein, okay? The main thing that's focused on this label that's new is in the carbohydrate part, the total sugars are there, and it used to be that they just showed the total sugars, but now they also show the added sugars. And the reason for this is because added sugars really contribute a lot of excess calories to our diet, and they don't provide any nutrients that our bodies really need, like extra vitamins or minerals, and too much added sugar contributes to disease, like developing heart disease or developing diabetes and having actually an excess amount of calories in the diet. So one new part about the label that we wanna draw um, patients' attention to is this part about total sugars and the added sugars part, because the added sugars part is another part where you can say, you know, I want you to look at the percent daily value of added sugars and find out if is that closer to 5%, which would be low, which would be good, or is that closer to 20% or higher than 20%, which would be considered high and would be considered a lot of sugar in that uh, food item or, or beverage. The very bottom of the label um, includes vitamins and minerals that most Americans don't get enough of. So these used to be vitamin A, vitamin C, um, calcium, and iron. And now when you look at the label, you'll see vitamin D, potassium, calcium, and iron. 
and vitamin D and potassium replaced vitamin A and vitamin C because vitamin A and vitamin C, everybody gets enough of those things. But vitamin D and potassium are things that most Americans don't get enough of. And so when you look at that percent daily value for things that we generally don't get enough of, you want to look for, for products that have higher levels closer to that 20% or up of those things to when you're comparing different products. So for instance, for vitamin D, you find vitamin D in dairy products, you find it in kind of fortified cereal products. Um, you would wanna look, if you're comparing different things to get, is that vitamin D level closer to you know 20% or up, or is it very low when you're if you're if you're choosing based on you know, kind of getting enough of that nutrient. And your pediatrician might say, you know, you need to look for, for, for things that have more vitamin D because you're at risk for being deficient. And that's how you would use that label um, for that particular purpose. Now, I said a lot of things. And, you know, reminder that most people look at this for about five seconds. So it, it does... <laughs> Yeah, just take a little longer <laughs> to go through all of these things. So, Dr. Hannon, I noticed at the very bottom, and first of all, thank you very much, because I've been looking at nutrition labels like all of us for, you know, all my life in the stores, I glance at them. Um, I was particularly struck by the fact that the upper part is what we need to have less of and the lower part more of. I, I think that's, uh, and I'll ask you in a minute how, how we teach patients, and that the boundaries of wanting um, less of under 5% and 20% being high, um, I think are very helpful, as is the lower part of the vitamins that we need more of over 20%. So I, I really appreciated that. I did notice at the very bottom in the tiny print that it says, um, the daily values tell you um, about a 2,000-calorie-a-day diet. Can you um, talk to us because we're often in the position of, you know, we, we're not seeing grown teenagers uh, all the time. We're seeing little kids. Yeah. So little kids generally need fewer calories. So how do people understand calories? Calories is just a unit measure of energy. And it, we, you know, when you talk to patients about that, what does that really mean? A unit energy of unit measure of energy. Um, so the way I try to express it is in, it's a measure of the of the amount of energy in that food that could be potentially stored in your body. And when you don't use energy, it's generally stored as fat on your body. So if you eat more energy in the form of calories than you use, it will by and large be stored as fat, is how I describe calories. Now for little kids, kids um, you know, between the ages of four and eight, they generally don't need 2,000 calories a day. And for three-year-olds and less, they, they need about half that, about 1,000 calories per day. And so 2,000 calories per day is a very, you know, sort of middle of the road number. And depending on how old you are and how active you are, 
you might need a lot fewer calories or you may need you know double that number of calories if you're growing and you're participating in a lot of physical activity so that's something really to discuss with your pediatrician and also you know there's some good information if you go to um, the MyPlate website, um, there's a way to kind of calculate about how many calories you might need on average. But 2,000 calories per day is a very kind of average estimate of what the general population needs. If kids are not doing any physical activity, if they're habitually sedentary, they likely won't need that many calories, um, regardless of, you know, sort of their age. They may not need 2,000 calories if they're very sedentary. So um, in this era of COVID, when we're all worried about um, keeping nutrition healthy and keeping physical activity um, as, as much as we can, um, it seems like keying our patients into the nutrition label may be more important than ever um, as, as they shop, especially because um, people are shopping for a lot of shelf-stable foods that are likely to be labeled um, in, the, in this time. So as you're sitting with a patient, and I'm thinking of a mother with a couple toddlers in that one walk and holding onto the cart, one in the cart, the mom or dad is shopping. Like you said, they have five seconds to glance at this label. How do you start a patient on um, their, their, their journey with this label? How do you start getting them used to it? Is it a stage process? Do you try to explain it all at once? How would you go about it? Yeah, um, it's variable depending on how well um, the person you're talking to understands the concepts and the math. And um, so health literacy and just numeracy really makes a difference. And these are concepts that generally need to be explained multiple times. And so having someone in your office review these things with families multiple times um, over time as the child you know, is growing up is, is a very good idea. Also having resources in your office to explain them um, that can be found on the MyPlate website and um, the AAP has some has some resources also is a good idea. Um, so it's a, it's a conversation to definitely have over time, a conversation that I have with patients over time all the time is, you know, that calorie number that ultimately determines, you know, how much energy you're putting into your body, a general rule of thumb that is, um, promoted is that the amount of calories per serving, if it's around 100, that's considered kind of a medium calorie per serving number or a moderate calorie per serving number, um, whereas 400 calories per servings would be considered high. And so to help people kind of conceptualize, um, you know, if you're eating high calorie um, foods throughout the whole day, you can very quickly get at that 2,000 number. And if you don't need 2,000 calories, let's say you need 1,200 calories, 
it only takes a couple of servings of those high calorie foods to meet your total day requirement. So that concept um, generally needs to be repeated over time and um, needs to be explained in multiple different ways a lot of times as to how things add up. And then you can use that concept at the same time that you're giving them suggestions, like if you, you know, are buying snack foods with multiple servings and you divide up the servings right away so that you're not eating too many calories all at the same time. Um, I find it really difficult to go through the whole nutrition label, um, you know, in the context of a short visit with a patient, but I do, you know, I'm lucky and I'm able to have a dietitian right there with me, but our, our, our partners in, in uh, nutrition, dietitians, and other health educators can really help with that with that too. And then the other concept really that I try to hit home, because I think that there's an overwhelming amount of evidence to support it is reducing added sugars. I really mm -hmm. think the evidence that we have for that is not um, controversial at all. And reducing added sugars is something that we can play a huge role in. I know in evidence in my practice is that getting families to reduce added sugars by eliminating sugary beverages and other high sugar, reducing high sugar foods has resulted in very dramatic health improvement and um, very greatly, greatly impacts weight management. Um, and it, it does not impact um, growth in that, you know, reducing added added sugars has really no negative effects in our diet. So I really appreciate you honing us in on, on sort of key elements of the label that we can move through with patients. And one thing um, that, that I always found worth talking about was serving size, because it seemed that serving size was um, something that could get out of hand quickly. And the uh, idea of that there are many more servings in that little bag that you just bought than, than one or two, uh, it seems to be something that, that uh, obviously it's at the top of the nutrition facts label, so something really worth keying in on. The 100 calorie kind of benchmark and the added sugars might be things that you could cover you know, fairly quickly in a visit just to help orient, orient patients. Um, uh, would you like to uh, uh, talk about any um, ways you've seen patients try to use this label um, uh, in their own life? Has it been, uh, do you, can you think of times when patients have thought it was particularly helpful to them? Yeah, so, um, definitely the serving size, I think, is key. And I think when um, parents are really trying to support their kids um, getting better nutrition, they have really taken an active role in looking at that serving size and making sure that they break down the package 
into you know serving sizes that are um, more conducive to health instead of giving the whole package. It, mm -hmm. Even though the serving size now is more reflective of what people generally eat, it's still not perfect because we research really shows that the size of the package predicts how much we eat. So if we have a big package of, you know, microwave popcorn, let's take that one. So microwave popcorn is, um, has a lot of sodium, it has a lot of fat, um, and the calories per popped bag um, can be very, very high, right? And so a lot of parents will pointing that out and saying, you know, you really need to portion out the popped bag with things like that can really clue them into things that they really didn't realize or, and, and why would they, you know, why would they realize that? Because most kids and humans, not just kids, but humans will eat the entire popped bag, which, um, you know, then winds up being more calories, more sodium, more fat than they, than they really expected. So, um, I think parents really have utilized it that way um, as an awareness tool and also to pre-portion bags of snack foods for their kids so that they can have their kids, you know, still be able to enjoy that, but not to have too many calories from that particular thing. I think those things work um, um, particularly well. So um, are there any other resources uh, that you'd recommend for pediatricians who may want to learn more about uh, the nutrition facts label uh, or see a label in action? Um, yes. So there is a course that actually was in, designed in collaboration with the US FDA that is free for members of the American Academy of Pediatrics and it is called talking to parents and patients using about using the nutrition facts label and if um, they go to the aap website and just put that you know in the search they will get to that course and it's free um, and there are resources there in that course i would draw people's attention to that i would also draw people's attention to the choose my plate um, USDA website for good, uh, actually very good visuals and handouts and um, places to refer families for up-to-date information about these things. I particularly like the plate and how it's colorfully represented with half of the plate as fruits and vegetables. And, and so I think that's also a very good resource to direct um, pediatricians and have them uh, look at that with families. Uh, Dr. Hennon, I'd like to thank you so much for taking us on this tour of the Nutrition Facts label and giving us some insights into how we can uh, use this as a help to our patients um, and families uh, who are busy and uh, are looking for ways to improve their nutrition. And uh, I uh, especially appreciate um, uh, your uh, telling us about resources we can use and bring into our offices. So thank you very much. Is there any last thing that you might wanna to say to us about the nutrition uh, facts label or about uh, nutrition, especially in this time of uh, COVID-19? Oh, well, 
first of all, you're absolutely welcome. This was my pleasure. And um, second of all, it, nutrition is just important for everything, particularly in growing children. And, you know, it's, it's more important than ever for pediatricians to promote health through nutrition and good guidelines. So rather than kind of saying, oh, it's COVID, it's terrible, you know, just let's kind of just do whatever we want. We know that families and kids who are not eating well and who are, um, you know, suffering from obesity and some other nutritionally associated disorders are disproportionately affected by um, epidemics, pandemics like, like COVID. It's important for us to have frank discussions, frank and, um, and um, helpful, meaningful discussions with families about how important nutrition and, and what we're feeding our kids is during this time. So thanks again, Dr. Hannon, and thanks for um, uh, bringing to light this tool that we can all use in your offices, and I really appreciate having you here today. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to my conversation today with Dr. Tammy Hannon. As Dr. Hannon mentioned, while many families tend to scan food labels, they can still be an incredibly important source of nutritional information. As pediatricians, it's important that we understand the new labels and help families interpret the information to make informed nutritional choices. Please remember to check out some of the resources mentioned that include the Nutrition Facts course, offered for free to Academy members, and MyPlate.gov. In addition, the Institute for Healthy Childhood Weight website also has resources such as our mini module on healthy snacks and healthy beverages to get tips on how to talk with patients about making small changes in their child's diet. These are just a few of my favorites, but be sure to check out both the Institute and Bright Futures website for more. information, resources, or opinions expressed during the Conversations About Care podcast series are solely those of the individuals and do not necessarily represent those of the American Academy of Pediatrics. The topics included in these podcasts do not indicate an exclusive course of treatment or serve as a standard of medical care. Variations, taking into account individual circumstances, may be appropriate. The primary purpose of this podcast is to explore common themes related to quality pediatric care from the perspective of clinicians. This podcast series does not constitute medical or other professional advice or services. This podcast is available for private, non-commercial use only. Advertising, which is incorporated into, placed in association with, or targeted toward the content of this podcast without the expressed approval and knowledge of the American Academy of Pediatrics podcast developers is forbidden. You may not edit, modify, or redistribute this podcast.